1: This is Sean Nazaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life, and it's summer <laughs> ah,
2: Sunday. Multi <laughs> funny car, on the flames, be there. I love it when you do that, Sean. How do you do that, man? Well, you just did that. No, yo, know, you're, you're my inspiration, Sean. Can we we, we tease this uh, maybe on the last podcast here? We want to be intentional about talking about music and worship, but I just want to talk you. Got to have a little time off there. You went out to Canyon Lake, and yep. you saw who? My friend. Who did you see?
1: Ran into uh, your dear friend, Ruben V. It's right. Ruben V. He, I'm, we're up at a place called uh, Baja, up yeah. off the Canyon Lake. Great place a view, view over the lake, right by the marina there. So all of a sudden, I start hearing the band warm up, and it's this blues. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. And so yeah. go around the corner, and it's Ruben V there. So I go up and talk to him. And you know he played at our fall festival years That's ago. That's right. And so I name drop you because I don't know. The, I don't think he remembers me. Of course he remembers. He you, did. Know. He did remember. He did remember. But uh, I just isn't he great? You know, oh, he's fantastic. He, he really is. He, he's a great vocalist, mm-hmm. great guitar player, good music, and you know, just you. You want to just enjoy some fantastic blues. Uh, Ruben B is an awesome, awesome evening
2: So even though he sings the blues uh, The dude's got the joy He's a great entertainer and he's funny and He's very entertaining, yeah. especially in between the songs He's kind of working the crowd and whatnot yeah. But the dude's also a believer yeah. when, when he's doing a set on Saturday nights And the clock strikes mm-hmm. midnight Dude, it's Gospel Sunday I mean, he breaks out into his little gospel set. Dude, you got to hear his song called The Way, the Truth, and the Life.
1: I've never heard him do this. I've, I've never, you know, by midnight, by, by 9.30. <laughs> <You're out. laughs> by 9.30, I'm, I'm calling it night. Okay. All right, But Well, here's what you need you to know, do. What's the song? It's I called The Way,
2: the Truth, and the Life.
1: Way, the Truth, and the Life.
2: Sean, here's what you need to do. You need to let, when Ruben gets off at 2 a.m., you need to let him sleep for, you know, four the hours. Hour. <laughs> and then you bring him in on Sunday morning. I promise you, it'll be, worship will break out like you've never seen before. Wow. Because it is a powerful song, and he just... I mean, I, he he brings it, oh, and it's man. a very personal song to him too on 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 his faith and how it came to be. Wow! But but I know so he's helping. a
1: believer. I know he's a believer. We had him at our festival, oh, right? But uh, but I've not heard I've not
2: heard heard this. Song. Well, the bars turn into church. You know, it's like wow, it's very very cool, and he does it without apologies. Well, I, he's I, I fantastic.
1: Love good music, man.
2: Well, I was going to have him open up uh, for Ray Wiley Hubbard here. We're going to bring him in for Bernie Radio and to Bernie.
1: Ray Wiley if Hubbard, you like him, right? I, I, am, a, I am a Ray Wiley Hubbard fanboy. Not a lot of people know this. Okay, <laughs> uh-huh. okay. Here's the story. We were in Green back when they used to have the recording studio. They did Roots and uh, is it uh, Roots and Branches? Yeah. Is that what they called the, the, on, the uh, show that Ray used to host? Right on KMBT. <clears throat> exactly. And it was this little music store that they had a studio there. What we go, we hear this incredible song being played. Okay, and it, it, it looking, and it's not Ray Wiley. Right, right. <laughs> no, right. it was the song "Whiskey Lullaby," by the guy who, and if you've heard the most popular version, was was uh, Brad Paisley and Alison Krauss, uh-huh. right? But the song's written by a guy named John Randall, and I can't remember who the other co-writer is. But John Randall has a beautiful voice, huh. and he's playing the song "Whiskey Lullaby," and literally, I'm drawn like a moth to the flame. I'm just, it's so hauntingly beautiful, and it's just right there. And they, they, my family and I, Lauren and Ryan, were kids. Uh And we just walk in and sit down. They got chairs set up. It's like we're a little studio audience. There's maybe 20 people in there. And we get to hear this. And and it's amazing. And then all of a sudden, Ray's the host. He does his thing. He sits down. And he plays Snake Farm.
2: Oh, yeah, of course. Snake Farm. Hilarious.
1: I'd not heard Ray live before. And John Randall sings along. There was some other Texas Roots guy who joined in. It was amazing. I went up afterwards to John Randall. And I just... Said, man, that's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. It's amazing. It's you no know, Snake Farm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually said it to him. He goes, he, he goes, well, no, of course not. But, <laughs> no, but that's Whiskey Lullaby. So, but I've been a Ray fan because I talked mm. to him that night. Ryan and I heard him at the Kerrville Folk Festival. Sure. Uh,
2: he, he's amazingly funny. Yeah, you know how. What, so you're gonna have him play. I had the same experience as you do. I heard Snake Farm on. KGSR in Austin, I think the first time twenty years ago or something like that. Anyway, you you instantly know the song after you hear it once. Oh yeah, so it's like just a great song. Uh, My grandkids
1: know Snake <laughs> Farm <laughs> and they love it. Snake Farm it just sounds nasty. nasty. Yeah. I know
2: it is wonderful, man. do You know this? I, I now I'm into Ray Wiley myself there too, and a lot of his songs. Boy, he he knows something. A lot of devil and angel stuff going on in his yeah. in his mind. Uh, well, I don't know if
1: he's. I I, I would never claim. Right, I don't know right, if he's right, a believer right. one way or another, but he's spent time in church. Yeah. You know a lot of these guys. You know whether or not they're a believer, we don't know. But they spent time in church, and it impacted them. Uh, sometimes wonderfully, sometimes maybe not so much.
2: Yeah, a lot of guys are like that. Another guy named Charlie Sexton out right. of Boston. Do you know Charlie mm-hmm. Sexton? I've one, heard the name. Uh, Archangels. Or they had some you know some hits, and again they they just revived and themselves. Amazing guitar player. He as a, as a young kid, like when he was sixteen. He was on Bob Dylan's radar wow. as a guitar player, and so every time he, so actually, he ended up being Dylan's guitar player. Like in the last ten wow. years, Wow, that's of, how I like heard time. his name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Sexton is amazing. Uh, again, Ruben V. Believer. A lot of these guys, all like all these you guys, said, who are
1: under the radar a little bit. You know, Ray's right? interesting. If you, you know, you, we know Willie Nelson, we know Waylon Jennings, and those guys, and but Ray Wiley was like one of them, but just for whatever reason, whether he chose not to or just didn't get that national. Recognition, I think he's a better entertainer. Yeah. <laughs> he's amazingly funny. He's got this killer voice. Right. Good songwriter, witty, you know, thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, but just never had that, you know, just kind of that, just under that national kind of platform.
2: All these guys, even my guy Phil Keggy. Yeah. Like, how come this guy is not playing stadiums? He's yeah. such a phenomenal guitar yeah. player. Yeah. But then-
1: these guys are fans. They're, they're I right. mean, the, the, these national guys are fans, Like, like Bob mm-hmm. Schneider. Uh, is up in Austin, and he's had a couple of nationally released hits, but never, I think, really got that big thing. But I, John Mayer is like a crazy fan of Bob Schneider. Wow. You know,
2: I don't know Bob Schneider. What's his song?
1: Uh, well, he's got he's had a bunch of them, but the song called Forty Dogs. It's Romeo and Juliet. Uh-huh. It's a very you'd know the tune if you you know. All uh, right, I, I would sing it now, but I, I'm not going to do <laughs> it. Well,
2: you know what? But you could sing if you wanted to. You didn't. You don't have your guitar here, but you've been a worship leader your whole life. Uh, first, that, right? that
1: is true. That is true. My my ministry. Really started with kind of the music stuff. I, I got into youth ministry quickly and kind of uh, went that route. But I, all along, I was a worship leader. Uh, was one of the primary worship leaders here uh, at River City early on. I still am involved. It's been yeah. a big part of my life, the worship.
2: Well, it, and I think you were doing it before it was cool because it seemed like during the 90s that the Nashville figured out, oh there's a lot of money in here in this worship music, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh well I want to talk about that beforehand, but as River City music, what's great about River City is that you know both sides of, <laughs> of the service. Right. And right. and so you bring that you know, Well, some of the
1: worship team doesn't think that's one great <laughs> great one of the great things about it's like because worship leaders are often their kind of things, okay pastor, you, you know, you do your gig. I'm not telling you how to preach your sermon. Don't come tell me to, how, how to do the music stuff. Mm. But with me, they kind of struggle because yeah. because I'm actually like speaking the lingo. And, you know, I try to obviously let them do their thing. I'm, but, you know, worship is a key part of what we do
2: well in a lot of churches of course but some of them do don't do it well some people go to church because they like the preacher some people go to the church because they like the music and some people like go to the church because they're they got a good youth program for the kids right uh i dare say that uh again you've had your hand in all of those things and 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 do it well but let's dig into to worship a little bit deeper pastor sean and just starting why do churches do why do they start the service with worship is that in the bible you know
1: <laughs> three fast songs three slow songs it's in the bible but now with longer arrangements exactly. it's actually three or four songs period and that the the, the new translations should reflect and the, that
2: and there's a solo in there somewhere too right <laughs> of course yeah
1: <laughs> that's a great question i have no idea why because we've always done it that way yeah, Baron. right i mean the scripture obviously singing has been a part of since the beginning of the church in you know, ephesians were told to sing psalms hymns and spiritual songs and you know and that's one of the ways that we encourage each other the way we glorify the Lord music is a big part of culture Mm -hmm. and you know, it's a part of a kind of a people groups culture. And I think the church is no difference. Our, you know, you look back in church music, church history, uh, hymnody. It's a a critical and important part of what we do. Um, that being said, does it mean that we're doing it right the way we're doing it? I wouldn't presume to say that. I I think we're doing Mm -hmm. what we know to do and we're doing the best we can um, but I think sometimes we get the cart ahead of the horse and, you know, all of a sudden the performance becomes the objective, which of uh, course is not what worship's about.
2: Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the scary part. Uh, the hymns that are in our hymn book, they only go back like 16 to the 1600s and we're still singing some of those songs. Right. When was amazing grace written? Do you remember?
1: Um, 1700s, late 1700s, John Newton, uh, you know, obviously, that is the that's the yeah. queen mother of all hymns, right? So, right? Who,
2: so who said that? Probably the people at that time were going, oh, "This ain't worship music." You ain't, <laughs> <he> ain't singing <laughs> these these newfangled hymns that she's coming up with here.
1: Well, that's an interesting point. The things that we kind of sanctify, the things that we say this is sacred, anything else is garbage. When you stop and think about what Martin Luther was known to have done to try to bring the gospel and worship music mm-hmm. to the masses kind of out of the just the the catholic liturgy to be more reflective of the culture he took popular songs popular songs from pubs popular songs that people knew folk songs Uh and put put christian lyrics to them and they became something new uh they were worship choruses now of course we know they're they're hymns and they're the only way that it should be sung and you know
2: yeah, and as you're saying, as, you know, as, as the culture changes, the music changes, and so now you can literally see the the evolution. I'd say that word, but the evolution of worship music in the church, right. which I my observation, I think started kind of in the '90s, uh, with with you know the the pop stuff that Amy Grant, and Michael W. Smith were doing great, and then that kind of morphed into. And I'm going to just go ahead and say this: the the worship business that has become of the of the CCM industry, right,
1: right. And, and a lot of people look at that. One, you just reflected your age. Uh, Because you just totally cut out, you know, people before that you Chuck Gerard love song, even the Imperials and all those, you know, kind of old timers, the, the people who first started saying, Hey, well, let's play music that people want to hear. That's an interesting question, Baron. because, you know, when you understand musical style, that that's the thing that reveals a problem in our, in our approach to worship, Mm. right? We've let worship become a consumer item. Mm. Right. Worship becomes about what pleases me. And it's not just, oh, I those songs, but I like the way that worship leader, oh, have you heard Elevation? They do it right. Or, oh, my gosh, Bethel. Or you've got to listen to Upper Room. And we get our favorite little things, and we become fanboys kind of on things. And there's nothing wrong with liking the way a group does things. That's fine, right? <clears throat> worship at its heart is what we put first. Mm. You know, worship comes from an old English word, kind of worth-skip is the way the word kind of reads, and it means to ascribe worth to something. You know, my favorite worship verse is Romans 12.1 that says, I beseech you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, right? And to me, that's where I'm like, oh, worship is presenting myself completely to him, as a living sacrifice, mm-hmm. putting what, what I put first in my heart. So, what happens on Sundays or when we gather together or in a small group or in a home church or wherever we gather, that's probably better described as the expression of worship, mm-hmm. right? Because worship's what happens in our heart. You know, we, we talk about, okay, this song is my offering of praise. Actually, that's not the heart of worship. I'm the offering of praise. Yes. Right? I'm saying, God, I'm yours, you're first. Not my will, your will be done. That's what worship is. So when we worship together as a congregation, we're declaring the goodness of God. We're reminding each other of who he is. We're declaring that, God, I am yours. You're first. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big heart thing that a congregation is doing in community. So it's a very powerful time. So when we start talking about, well, you know, have has it been over-commercialized? yes. Has mm-hmm. it been, do, are there people doing it just to sell records and to fill stadiums? Sure. Mm-hmm. you know. I, I'm not saying who is or who isn't. I'm just saying yes, mm-hmm. because people are sinful and that's what happens. The bottom line is we need to, when we gather together and say, okay, we're going to musically glorify the Lord. We're going to right. lift our voices together as a congregation. We we need to remember this is about God. This is about us exalting him. This is about offering ourselves as mm-hmm. living sacrifices mm-hmm. and that's the point so the style of music i, I gotta tell you i i like my acoustic guitar mm-hmm. my whole kind of rootsy feel that's 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 my thing that's jesus what, what jesus really does that's, that's right okay <laughs> <coughs> the stuff that my kids love <laughs> no, jesus not. doesn't love that nearly exactly. as we much know that. right yeah. <laughs> you you, you, you got that and the stuff that my my parents and grandparents love he didn't love that as much either no. he loves what i love because he's in my image. that's right you know, and that's what really that's <laughs> nice, <laughs> but that's what we're doing. I know. You know, when we sit and go, well, I go to this church cause I like this music and I go to this church cause I like this pastor and I go, then I, my, my kids go to youth over here. It's like, we are total consumers and mm-hmm. we're looking at a menu mm. and it's like worship cuts through all that garbage. True. And worship says, man, it's about Jesus. And I'm telling you, if, if I'm at a church where people are loving Jesus and exalting him and they've got the choir with the robes and they've got. The organist and they're worshiping Jesus, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be worshiping with them. Amen. Or if they're, you know, a church that's got a little more urban feel, maybe some hip hop stuff, which isn't my favorite flavor, but they're worshiping Jesus, I'm like, I'm worshiping with them. These are my people. Yeah. The style is superficial. I think I don't think it's insignificant because I think it should reflect authenticity from the the worshipers. So I, I, I think it's fine that there are some churches that have a more country style or some churches that have a little more of an R&B or hip-hop style or some churches that have a little more of a rock style. I, I think that's fine. That's, there's nothing wrong about that. Right. But when your style becomes the point, mm-hmm. now you've just, okay, now it's performance and I've had made worship take a back seat. And that's a problem, and it's a temptation.
2: Mm, interesting. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts on just the whole idea that music exists – to worship God. Did God invent music? Yeah. Is there cuz there's no music gene? How matter of fact, so you play guitar? Duh.
1: Exactly. <laughs> no, there is a music gene. I have it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but did it come to you naturally? Like, did you have this gift that I can't explain?
1: Um, okay. That's a interesting question. I believe musicianship, musical ability, there is definitely a talent. A, a just some people like athletic ability, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm good at math. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a natural athlete, or whatever, whatever someone might say. You know, I, I from the beginning, uh, for, as a little kid, I loved music, and I found a guitar in my mother's closet that she wasn't using. Mm. What I was doing rummaging around, and eh, she was she was in the other part of the house, and, yeah. But she had this old guitar that you know someone she'd had, and she played, and I grabbed it, and she, it had a chord book with it, and I literally taught myself to play guitar in my bedroom, and. I guess one, one of the things I would say, I loved it so much, I would sit there for hours. Okay. Whereas there were other things that I didn't love like that, you know? And my, both my two kids are unbelievably musical. Really? Right? Yeah. But my son, Ryan, he's, he would sit there for hours mm-hmm. and just play. My daughter, Lauren, she loves it, but it wasn't the same for her. And she's very gifted. She's very natural. But the love isn't the same. And so I, I would say people have different levels of natural inclination. Anybody can learn. Yeah, I think it's. I think music is a great course of study. You know, there's lots of stuff made on the connection between musicianship and music and math scores, right? Because the same parts of the brain sure. are engaged. Um, so I think everybody should study music. You know, we made our kids. It was like, fortunately, thank God, they were both <laughs> they were both musical and musicians. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would have done if they wouldn't have been. Uh, but right. but you know, we just made them. Okay, you're going to take some music just as part of your education. Mm -hmm. And then they both kept on with it. Although, like I said, Ryan just had this insatiable love for it. And I think that's one of the differences. I think some people, it just speaks to them. You know, a number of writers have talked about your languages uh, and the way you worship God, Mm -hmm. you know, and the kind of what opens up your heart to the spirit of God. And some people, it's nature. Some people, it's a service. They, they serve others. Some people, it's music. Yeah. And, I'm one of those people where I sit down, and maybe in a beautiful setting, and I just start playing, and all of a sudden my heart begins pouring out to God. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to have that, but I just know it's like it's almost instant. For some reason, with me, worship always or good music can. I can be listening to music that is secular. Oh, absolutely. But if it's if it's beautiful music, I begin to glorify God because I do believe He's the Creator of all things. You know, the interesting description of Satan in scripture talking about being that musician of heaven. And it's like his whole being was music. And uh, also interesting that that's one of the things that led him to rebel yeah, against God. And I've known so many worship leaders who the lights and the platform, even in a little church, mm-hmm. but just and people patting you on the back saying, man, you're good, man, you're good, uh, caused them to follow that gift to other places. And I've watched music turn a whole lot of. A lot of, particularly young men, as I think about it, uh, away from the Lord to their own kind of pursuits of music.
2: Wow, you've written a lot of your own worship songs too, Pastor Sean. The lyrics have a big part to do with it too. A lot of theology is based. You find a lot of theology in the hymns. Oh yeah, and you also hear a lot of bad theology on the radio today that's yeah. coming out of the speakers. That's another hard part too. It's like, come on, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, no, that that Did is. Do you ever say hard. no
2: when the when a worship song comes to, your, to the church and yes. you go, "We're not going to do that one"?
1: Yeah. Uh, we literally what we will more often do because, by the way, you know I mean my son Ryan was the worship leader now my daughter Lauren is the worship leader and so uh-huh. they're kind of watchdogs for that as well, but we've we've changed lyrics uh-huh. and it's like okay now we're getting into copyright infringement, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't you know we're not putting our name on it or anything right, but right. but it's just like little little things and we're just like you know no that 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 it's a great song we love the song we love the idea but this one point is a problem mm-hmm. and so we don't mind adjusting that point. Or there are sometimes with some songs we'll just say, no, we're not going to do it. Right. You know, just because it's got a great melody or a great chord structure doesn't mean it glorifies the Lord because the lyrics matter. Yeah. What it says matters.
2: Yeah. All the churches singing the hallelujah song that Jeff Buckley brought back. <laughs> from Leonard Cohen was like we need to stop singing that. That's not, that's not, that's not no, we that's rewrote about. it. Yeah, it's okay. Exactly. It's okay.
1: We rewrote it. It's but, good.
2: But a lot of those songs are based on the Psalms and the famous you know musician there is is obviously David. There. Do you know who the first? I'll, I'll give you a little Bible trivia. Who mm. was the first musician in the Bible? Satan. Well, okay
1: <laughs> Satan. <laughs> good answer. First musician in the Bible. Uh, I should know this. Who is
2: it? Uh, his name
1: is Jubal. Oh, that's right. No, I have. Heard, that was a trivia question. I failed before. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember old Jubal.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it seems like to me, though, uh, that that uh, God blesses the music, and He asked for it. Yeah, the I, lyre well, and the and the timbrel and yeah and all the, the list of instruments that He wants. Well, I just think and the acoustic guitar. Well, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, I, I think the uh, I, I think the whole point is to glorify God and, right. so, and something in us is wired. You know, one of the things I've seen in worship, uh, Baron is how worship and music goes kind of around someone's natural defenses. Mm. It really does. It, even sometimes your intellectual problems because we were created for worship. Mm. We were created to glorify God. Yes. You know, uh, the, the Westminster confession says our, the chief aim of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I believe that tr- that's true. I-, I remember playing at an outdoor event at a youth event in California, and you know it's this in this kind of urban area, and I'm playing this acoustic guitar and just singing. And I've been playing some music and we got a band and everything, but I just now it was me and an acoustic guitar, and I start singing the hymn, "My like, Jesus, I love Thee," yeah. with a real acoustic style. And I will never forget. Guy comes out from his house across the street. And just he's out front smoking a cigarette, just listening. And you can just—he's sit, to, he's got this faraway look in his eyes. A couple of girls who, but the youth pastor been trying to get into this thing. This is in a fenced-in area in a pretty yeah. rough neighborhood. Yeah. A couple of girls who've been walking by and kind of doing so—they all of a sudden come in and slip in in the back. It's not just acoustic guitar music. Mm-hmm. We're created to worship, right? And something about it draws us. And I've watched, and I love this particularly because I have just a passion to see men come to Christ. You know, I have a passion to see everybody come to Christ. But I know in a family, if dad comes to Christ, the, the percentage uh, chance of the family following is, uh, is way higher than even if mom comes or one of the kids comes to the Lord. And so I can't tell how many guys I've seen come to River City. And in their first service, they've got their arms crossed. They're sitting back during the worship. Mm-hmm. Then second service, they're kinda, their hands are down and a little more reflective. Third service, they're leaning in. in. And I watch, I watch worship begin to, to work on this guy's heart because worship goes around kind of the, the mental processes and goes right to the heart. Right. And it, it really is powerful when it glorifies the Lord and draws us into that place of surrender and submission before him.
2: Mm. Pastor Sean, my salvation moment was because of music i'm seven years old and the traveling little gospel band comes to my church and uh so help me i was filled with a joy that i couldn't explain my mom says are you okay i was like crying and she goes uh you know we watched a star trek episode that day you know with the scary monsters and you know them fighting and she goes are you did that show scare you and i'm like no i'm just so happy i can't describe and so i met with the pastor you know right after and Gave my heart to the Lord and accepted my salvation with the the joy of the Lord that hasn't left. Isn't that awesome? Yeah,
1: yeah. But what's interesting, Baron, is you are a music lover. You're one of those people motivated. You know, uh, what people may not know, I've heard Baron Wiley sing. Baron can sing. <laughs> I can't sing. Baron can I'm sing. Used to. I heard Before Baron, my
2: voice changed when I was 10, <laughs> you heard me sing. I've heard
1: Baron sing. <laughs> he Baron's got an ear. Baron can sing. But, you know, what's funny, it's obvious. You love music. You're like a music encyclopedia. It just comes out of you. But I, that doesn't surprise me in the least to know that that so impacted you and touched you. You know, my grandson, Jude, is five. Now, all my grandkids are musical. They all yeah. respond to music. But he's one who I'm watching and getting to that age, and you can just tell he's one of those ones who's going to love it. Little Padawan, there. Yeah, yeah. and you know, uh, <laughs> you should watch my my other grandson Moses is is like two, and you should see him start moving to the music. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because all the girls are musical, but I, I don't know. I, I will see yeah. if they kind of show that love and that kind of you know. Because what you're talking about is when you see a little kid in the back and a song comes on and they they get the glaze on their eyes and you can just tell they're lost in the music. Yeah. There's something in them. And and the challenge as parents and as pastors and churches and is to fan those flames but point them to Jesus. Mm. Okay? Because the music's not the point, right? Because when we make the music point, we become idols. Well, how I feel in the music becomes an idol. And that's not the point. The point is glorifying him. And that's when music is truly satisfying. Mm. When our music is is joining with our heart and our surrender in worship into the glory of God.
2: I'm going to end this one on a, on a funny line. I heard a little one-liner for you, Pastor Sean. Uh, what kind of worship music, which church does worship music better, the Baptists or the Pentecostals? I'll tell you the answer. The answer are the Baptists, hands down.
1: Really? That? I, no, I, I can't end on that. No.
2: Okay. I, I, we, we can't.
1: We we're not ending on that, Baron. You you, you can't do that. No. Okay.
2: Because
1: because the Pentecostals <laughs> want to shout. <laughs> well,
2: that's where you grew up, right? Oh, you I got did. some of that in you. Oh,
1: oh, I did. You know, uh, I I can I can throw that on if I want to. You know. So. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but that's a great joke, Baron. Hey, folks, don't say we didn't give you anything. A- a- anyway, I encourage you as as you worship wherever you go to church. I encourage you. Uh, don't be expected. And don't worship isn't just a church thing. And you don't you don't need to be the band you don't need the band. You don't need to be in that building. You can worship God because worship is what you put first in your heart. Anyway, hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it and uh, hope you have a blessed weekend. I really pray that maybe your next time engaged in worship is different, uh, because of what the Lord's doing in you. God bless. Have a great
0: one.